welcome to the Alex Kennedy Podcast, which is part of the Basketball News Podcast Network. This is episode number 32, and make sure you're subscribed so you don't miss any new episodes. Today, I'm joined by an outstanding player who's played for three NBA teams, the Grizzlies, Heat, and Nuggets. He also dominated in China and won the G League MVP award in 2016. He's also thriving off the court with his own production company, Stoked Film Group. My guest is the great Jarnell Stokes. Jarnell, thanks for joining me. How are you? I'm doing great, man. How about you? I'm doing really well. I'm excited to chat with you and pick your brain. Uh, I've known you for quite some time now. We met when you were going through the pre-draft process. uh, And, you know, I feel like you've grown so much as a person. I'm so proud of all the things that you're doing. And I'm curious, because you've really come out of your shell and had so much success in different areas, what advice would you give to your younger self if you had a chance to go talk to that Jarnell that I first met back then? Yeah, um, that's a great question. Uh, it would be gratitude and uh, with a mix of, um, this may sound counterintuitive, but um, open-mindedness, I would say. Uh, I was extremely closed-minded <laughs> growing up. I mean, I'm from, I'm from the hood. I mean, I, I grew up Whitehaven, you know, Orange Mound. Um, I mean, I literally just saw where my the street I grew up on you know, had, which is Bradley Street in Memphis, got shot up after you know the the death of uh, Dolph. You know, a lot of different things, and and you know, I grew up in an environment where I was always put in situations where I had to fight, uh, and and instead of explaining myself, so that like rebuttal spirit has always been in me as a kid, and um, I think a lot of people that come from where I come from is struggle with that. So, you know, with that being said, when you have an open mind and when you're, you're flexible and you're grateful, uh, it removes emotion and, and it just allows you to think logically about the next steps. And uh, had I done that, I, I truly uh, believe in, and I don't wish it any differently. Of course, uh, I'm very happy with where I am. Uh, I've, I've just gained a lot. Uh, externally, mostly internally, but uh, that that definitely uh, would have propelled my uh, say. If we're just talking basketball, would have propelled my basketball career to become uh, you know everything that I imagined it to be. But the thing is, I thought I was already there, and that all I needed to do was work hard, as opposed to um, seek guidance and and staying open to what it is that could be uh, coming in the future. Like, for instance, I had no idea that this three-point line uh, would just change the entire game. You see, I came in at a time, you know, I, I played, you know, three, four years in the NBA, you know, two-time gold medalist. Um, and that I came into the NBA uh, believing that I would always continuously have that um, success, you know, I've, Low post player, grew up in the grid and grind area era with Zebo and Marcus Saw. I love those guys, by the way. And, uh, you know, I love what Grizzlies is doing now, too. But uh, it, it just, I didn't listen to those who were telling me that I need to focus on the three point line because I was telling them, yeah, if I, if I see your ass down here on the block, I give it to you, you know. And, and I, that's just how I was coming back then as opposed to thinking smart, working smart. Uh, so it wasn't until like my third year in the NBA, I actually started shooting the three. 
It is crazy. I was going to ask you about that next, just the evolution of the NBA. And I've talked to mm-hmm. players about this, but also executives, because we see it's a copycat league. I remember specifically being at the NBA draft combine and every single player was uh, adamant that they had a specific position and they weren't mm-hmm. a tweener. And like, if right. you played multiple positions, it was considered a bad thing. And it meant you didn't have a thing. Sing- it meant you just didn't have a position and, you know, coaches didn't know where to use you. And then, you know, a year later, every single player saying, oh, I don't want to say I have a position. I right. position list, uh, versatile and like it totally switched. And that happens so often where like the whole league just kind of pivots a certain way. And you mentioned, I mean, it can be really difficult whenever you're trying to anticipate those kind of things. How much, not only just the three point shot, but also small ball and just how teams ran things differently. You know, how much did the NBA evolve from when you entered the league to now? Yeah. Um, well, analytics, I think AI is just destroying every industry. So a lot, for those who don't know, uh, you know like what happened to Yahoo with Google, um, the same thing happened with me in the NBA. <laughs> you know, I did not adapt to change. Um, I, you know, I had opportunities to work on different things like defense. And, and you know, that's what gets me excited now about, uh, you know, training. I'm working out three times a day. I, I'm just posting. I see people talking saying different things about me and my, my career. And, and I, I screenshot, put it on my wall, on my board, you know, cause I, I'm, I'm locked in. I'm, I, I can't wait to get back out there, but uh, you know, just, just to answer your, your question more directly uh, the, this entire, um, I, I guess it happened back with Phoenix Suns with, with Steve Nash, I would say, or, or, I mean, it's, it's been going on for a while as, if you were able to catch the trend, people making these outrageous predictions. I mean, you took away the mid-range shot saying it's not important. That was my shot. You know, it also, you know, low close in on the block. You know, bully ball has just been destroyed um, in a sense. And um, I guess the only perspective that you can take from it is to not only improve and, and keep an open mind, but to also realize that, um I think the game has gotten soft, to be honest. It is not what I, you know, when Zebo and, you know, Tony Allen, um, you know, Matt Barnes, these are my, my old teammates. You know, it's it just, it's not, Marcus Saul is even tough as nails, you know, and it's not the same. Um, it's it's more, um, you know, controlled by refs, uh, just, you know, get up and down, shoot. And, and that's uh, a perspective that a big guy like me, could uh, come in and, and say, you know what? Um, everyone fears me. Everyone, I step on the court, I feel the fear in other players. And, uh, you know, no one wants to bang anymore. So let me 10x how much I bang. And, you know, also, you know, while working on certain things that, you know, would propel and, and fit in and mesh. So uh, that, that you make a great point with the tweener thing because I, I was always trying to be uh, a solidify myself as a low post player like that was my mission growing up it wasn't to you know do all this extra cute stuff I mean it was just it, we called it cute we Stay in your guys, lane. right right if Bo Bo come to gym and shoot a three back in 2010 dude the coach would cuss him out and say get out <laughs> like you you're a pussy and definitely where I'm from in Memphis like that that's a no-no so mm-hmm. uh I was always trying to fight being a tweener and to be a low post player. And uh, it just, it, it caught up with me. And, and I blame myself because I think everyone knew that this change was happening. We just didn't know. 
I watched it with my own eyes. I even was a part of it while seeing Golden State, uh, you know, put out the Grizzlies. I think it was like two years in a row uh, in, in the playoffs, which pretty much, you know, ended the uh, the grid and grind era. So, um, you know, I'll, I'm blessed to be a part of that era. And I'm also um, not as blessed to be the final part of that grid and grind era. <laughs> that could just be so maddening. Like that for anyone, if your industry was changing rapidly and you're trying to keep up with it, not only as a player, but also as executive, when you're judged on these decisions and you're constantly having to evolve and adapt, I mean, that's that's pretty difficult. You, met, you mentioned something that is interesting to me. You talked about uh, you know the physicality in today's NBA. And I did an article recently with Joe Young, who played the Pacers. He was in the NBA. Now he's in the G League. But he had played three years in China. And he said that China was the most physical league that he played in. And I think there's this perception about China because people see the stat lines that guys put up. And they're like, oh, there's no competition there. It's easy. But... He was saying, like, you get beat up, you get hacked, you're covered in bruises, and because you're American, they're not calling fouls for you, and people aren't taking right. it easy on you. What was, I mean, I'd imagine you especially being down low, what was your experience <laughs> like over there, the physicality in China versus the NBA? There's been numerous times where you allow, um, you know, different players. Uh, the referee gets, lets them get away with a lot of things, you know. Mm. And, um, I think that's what Joe was saying, yeah. Mm-hmm. So they, I mean, I see all the hand checks and, you know, fouls and I'm, I'm just a stoic on the court. So I, I, I tune it out. I actually like it. <laughs> I thrive in that environment. Like when guys complain about it, I'm like, dude, that's what I want. Like this, this, this is great because now I can, I can do the same thing. You know, I, I can push a little harder. I know he's going to not just flop and fall out like they're doing, you know, sometimes today. So um, I, I actually like it. How was your experience in China? I know we had talked a number of times when you were over there just about, you know, your your experience playing over there and things like that. But just overall, looking at on the court, off the court, how was it for you? Dude, it was fun. I had, I had a great, I had a blast. I would say, um, you know, there were certain times in my in my life over there where, you know, I, was, I broke my foot with the Nuggets and, um, you know, I had a stress fracture that didn't heal as fast as I would like it to. Uh, which, you know, I went ahead and took a job over in China as opposed to just going into G League and trying to get another job because I was, you know, injured. Why not just take the money? And uh, with that being said, that was a terrible decision because my foot was still hurting. And um, and that was my first time in China. I did not know that they don't care. They will tell you, get your ass on the floor. They will call the doctors. They will set up, you know, Fake doctors, they they'll write reports, um, and 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 it, it's just, I mean, I was getting threats, like seriously, um, you know, this team really, really, and the root of it was just wanting to win, you know, they put an investment in the player. I understand. I could have been more understanding that, you know, you know, they're just a business, and, and they're trying to win. This this coach here may lose his job if I don't play, you know, because that's how much they depend on Americans. And um, even though we were a top team in the league and, you know, it could have been a little bit more understanding. And, you know, the doctor literally was telling me not to play. Mm. Um, But listen, you go through those type of situations in China all the time. Like, that's just another I'm just another guy going through (laughs) through that. Uh, But other than that, like I've you know, you talk about the people, uh, you know, technology, um, you know, just me, entrepreneurship. Uh, it's helped me in, in my mindset advance. You know, it's given me this peace of mind to where 
Um, I don't have to feel so connected to the environment that I was from. You know, I, I feel like I can go out and, and go my own way and do my own things. And, and uh, it's also giving me the ability to uh, play the four position. And, you know, I know, um, you know we were talking about the tweener. So I'm, I'm working now that uh, tweener is good. <laughs> now, all of a yeah. sudden, they want tweeners. Uh, so I'm working to become a tweener now. And, uh, you know, being in China is just, you know, put that on the pedestal. So I was able to uh, compete in championships and, um, you know, and every single team, I, I would say that, I mean, I, I know for a fact, and, and I would say that other people would say that I was the best player at one time. I was the most highest paid player, a uh, big man in uh, China. So uh, there's a lot of respect there. And, uh, you know, I would love to uh, go back at some point, but I, I have my eyes set on getting back in the NBA. So I'm doing workouts now. Like in the past, I would never work on defense. Like, what? What? How? How dumb is that? You know, like I'm. I'm just talking, <laughs> just straight up with you, man. I, I now I'm doing workouts without the ball because I realized, like, dude, I would get in summer league and not even, you know, or getting out in the game or you know, scrimmage, whatever to you know, teams. I would not touch the ball, but I've been work. I've been dribbling the ball a million times today. And none of it would be used on the court. So um, just having that um, humbleness to put the ball down and, and work out just on my body, my, my legs, you know, being able to uh, move, I think will, you know, um, shed light on my offense moving forward. Well, you mentioned you're locked in and you're working out really hard. Uh, you plan to play in NBA Summer League uh, this offseason, correct? Yep. And uh, also I'm, I'm thinking about joining big three, you know, Drew League. I'm, I'm pretty excited about, about basketball. And I had a lot of great things happen. And, and a lot of people, you know, believe that, uh, you know, I, I may have stopped for other reasons. You know, it's really the root of it was COVID. You know, I was playing up until COVID broke out. And then, you know, a lot of stuff happened with the George Floyd protest and, and it just got mixed. So, People were saying, you know, uh, he, he's, you know, focused on, you know, social justice and all this type of stuff, which is true. You know, as, um, you know, regional manager at the Hip Hop Caucus, you know, I am and uh, also a board member of, you know, Green of uh, Environmental Media Association. I, I do a lot with um, active organizations, but it's, it's not as um, it, it doesn't affect you know, my, my career. And, and I, I would love to uh, address that, allow athletes to understand that you can be a part of social change and not, you know, sacrifice your career. Cause that's not what yeah. I was doing. You know, I was just COVID is just not smart to play, you know, sometimes. No, absolutely. I, I remember my last podcast uh, before I started this one, you came on, uh, I think it was a month after the NBA shut down and you talked about, being in China whenever COVID was kind of breaking out and trying to fly home and just, you know, telling your friends and family like, hey guys, this is really serious. And right. you knew it was coming. In America, people were like, ah, oh, you know, there's only X number of cases. It's not that big of a deal. And then in March, that's when people were like, oh, wait a second, all these businesses start shutting down and people right. start taking it real. Can you kind of recount that uh, experience just being over in China whenever COVID was, you know, starting to really spread and just... <laughs> what that was like? Cause I mean, that's, that's gotta be scary. 
Yeah, I, I think I was the first player in the world to catch COVID. Like, I oh, wow. truly believe that. Yeah, uh, the first person, I would say, because I, I had COVID before it even announced in China. I was playing. Well, I, I had, I got sick. I had the flu. You see my last game, I only played like 10 minutes. Uh, and I was just freaking sneezing, throwing up. I mean, it was all the COVID symptoms. Uh, then, you know, we found out four or five days later that, oh, they, they're shutting the city down. So uh, just being in China, it, it was it was extremely scary. Uh, they they're so used to wearing masks, and yeah. they're so used to these protocols. But you know, I thought it, I mean I'm I'm somewhat of a conspiracy theorist, so I know about the 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 big agenda. I would say uh, the new world order type of thing that's happening, and um, I just thought it may have been bigger. You know, guys were uh, you know all my teammates were just freaking out about you know that coming close to each other. So, so um, you know, I tried to jump on a flight. Uh, it took me about three weeks just to get out. And then I started realizing, okay, every week it was a new country going down <laughs> with, with COVID. And then, you know, three months later, I, I even saw Americans. You know, I'm telling Americans, it's about to get bad, you guys. Like, I didn't know for sure, so I couldn't bluntly say it. But, and little do you know, I hear Donald Trump saying, COVID isn't coming to America. It's it's a it's a hoax, you know, nothing's gonna happen. And um I got to America, I would say in like February and, and the month afterwards, I'm I'm thinking I'm about to start back playing and, and get get after it. I thought, you know, I I listened to Trump for a second at that point. And next thing you know, man, it, it's been down since. So I hadn't been to China since that uh, since that event. But uh yeah, I just it took like going to the airport like ten times just to get out of China, you know, alone. And I thought about going to the Middle East. I was about to go to Switzerland, Dubai, uh, Africa. I know Ann Clark, my teammate, he went to uh, Egypt for like a month or so. I was just like, dude, no way you coming back to play ball. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and and that's that's just um, you know it was, it was fun actually. Now thinking back, but. Uh, you know, every day you're just wondering if you're going to die because this news is just so, you know, uh, just so real. What, what's going on? You know, yeah. just like everybody else. No, that was very scary. I remember, you know, when you came on the podcast and you were talking about that, it's had to be so frustrating just telling people like, hey, I just experienced this. Trust me right. on this one. Uh, but yeah, there was a lot yeah. of uh, a lot of people who just were naive back then or ignorant to it. But mm-hmm. it's crazy. Um, Still today. <laughs> Yeah, not today. Yeah, it's true. Uh, Well, I'm very excited to see you, uh, you know, back in summer league and, uh, you know, see what you can do. I think, you know, every time you've got an opportunity, you've made the most of it, whether it's in China, whether it's in the G League, whether it's in the NBA. So I'm excited to see what Mm -hmm. you can do. You you mentioned your workouts. Right now, what does a typical day look like for you? Like, what are you doing training wise to prepare for that summer league opportunity? Um, Well, well, first, first off, I feel like the most important thing for me is to eat right. Um, so that's that's a habit I picked up when I was in China, uh, making smoothies, green smoothies every day. As I take um, a sip of Coke. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. I need to follow your lead. Man, man, it, it actually it gives you a lot of clarity and, and um, you know, pushes you to want to work out first and mm-hmm. foremost. So once, once you get that and, and also uh, finding your why, as in, like, why do I want to play basketball again? And uh, that's 
that's a, a question that that holds near and dear to me. Uh, it's now it, back then it was about proving to other people that you know I could play, that I could do this, do that. Now it's about proving it to myself, and um, that allows me to remove the ego out the question. Because I, you know, growing up a star, I mean, top five all your life growing up, then you know you you, go, you can go to any college. I mean. McDonald's All-American, I mean, just name it. Anything that John Wall and Kyrie's and LeBron's did, I did as a high schooler. And um, it's a huge, it's a lot of uh, shedding the ego to have to, uh, you know, be in the position that I'm in now. So um, a normal day for me would be uh, to, you know, wake up 5 a.m. I, uh, you know, make smoothies. I, I have a ton of fun just making the, the, uh, you know, listening to uh, cryptocurrency as, and then I uh, get up and, and run a mile on the beach. And, um, you know, I, uh, after that, I go to the weight room and I meet with my trainer to uh, go to the gym in, in which, you know, right now we're doing a lot of uh, lateral quickness. I do remember in the combine, even though I was one of the fastest and, and highest jumping big man, I was still very slow at lateral speed and um, it showed on tape. <laughs> so uh, that's, that's a humble side. That's, that's something I'm having to, having to address. And, um, and then, you know, later in the day we get up shots. So, uh, you know, just doing less without the ball, more off ball stuff. That's my focus uh, right now. Just three times a day. Uh, also, you know, just working on my body, running, lifting weights, uh, one thing I never did in the past was run on my own as well. So, uh, you know, back in high school, I, I remember, you know, just having all these posters on the wall. And, you know, I was it's so hard to wake up at 5 a.m. Sometimes you just got to, you know, have water, glass of water, just pour it on your face. Or sometimes you just got to just roll out the bed and fall on your face. You know, it, it's really you'll set like 10 freaking alarms. So uh, just mindfully uh, just staying focused on, you know, keeping that passion. If I can just wake up early in the morning uh, for some reason, dude, I, I feel like I'm just a lion. Like nobody can touch me in that time space. So uh, just, I'm just chasing that inspiration, keeping that going. And dude, I was training a lot uh, last year and then I caught COVID in December and uh, it's just, I, I thought I was done. <laughs> to be honest with you, I was, I, there were days where I was just like, man, I'm, I, I may just actually check out here because uh, I just didn't have energy. And, and it, it basically, you know, stopped my plans to be playing in uh, right now. So um, I'm, I'm preparing for the summer and, and it'll mostly I, I can imagine the reports will say that he's improved his defense, you know, his lateral quickness, um, rebounding, um, IQ. Uh, you know, the ability to um, shoot the ball off spot up shooting, you know, things like that. I'm, I'm, I've, and, and then I also want to keep the low post game going as well. I know that's a guaranteed bucket. I don't think anybody in the world can stop me on the post. Absolutely. I always love seeing veterans like yourself play summer league, you know, and just watching you guys dominate. It's so fun to watch you against like some of the younger players and just, you know, you, you have not only your talent, but, tons of experience and uh, mm-hmm. you know, you, you're basically veterans out there and, and you can dominate. So I'm excited to see what you can do. But I do want to ask you some off-court questions too. You mentioned cryptocurrencies. I saw in an interview, you said 
that you earn more from crypto already than from your NBA career. That's yeah. amazing. Uh, <laughs> when, did you, when did you get into crypto and, and how did that kind of come about? Yeah, I put, a, I put like 800,000 in, uh, in, into uh, Bitcoin and Ethereum back in 2017 when it was at like six, 7,000. So I've been a part of two bull runs and, um, you know, I, wow. I'm trying to time the top and then put it at the bottom and then, then buy the dip. Uh, you know, I, I would say I was a long-term holder, uh, you know, hodler is what they call it. You know, you hold for long-term value, but now I'm looking into the intricacies of, um, trading bots and, and AI and how it's affecting even cryptocurrency day trading. And, and that, it's just a, it's a huge emerging tech. That's one thing I would like for athletes to um, realize, you know, before uh, we judge our peers for making the decisions that they make, you, you have to understand that, you know, the quickest way to get rich is innovation. Um, you know, aside from maybe building your own business or investing in some type of spec, innovation is the key. So uh, with that being said, um, I'm not hurting financially. And that's also, uh, you know, a, a, one of those you know things I have to remember that I, I'm not doing anything for money, but sometimes it's good to let people know that, uh, you know, I'm, I'm totally fine. Don't, don't let this humble nature fool you. But uh, all in all, man, it, it's a, it's a crypto, uh, it's now I'm, I'm getting into you know some of these newer coins. Like I really like the Voyager VGX token. I uh, like Helium. Um, you know I, I see a lot of people in the Shibu. You know I'm I was one of those guys calling it a shit token. <laughs> but now um, you know now you can make. I, honestly, I'm making a living right now for shit tokens. There you go. Got to adapt. Yep, exactly. So, you know, I went from being the, the biggest critique to now I'm, I'm that, that's where I make most of my money, you know, getting that getting in early and then pulling out once it, you know, explodes. So but you can also lose a lot of money with that, too, which uh, is a story for another day. But, you know, you know, all in all, it, it's it's been a, a great journey, seriously, of, of um, just freedom. You know, I think that's my my story is redemption. uh, And it doesn't just have to be on the court. You know, success feels the same no matter, you know, where you, how you get it. So whether I became an all-star or, you know, a freaking Hollywood A-list actor, you know, it's, it feels the same, honestly. That's awesome. See, I I love that you're having so much success off the court too, because I know there've been plenty of players who, you know, when they when it is time for them to walk away from basketball or they start to make that transition, they have a really hard time. They don't know what to do. You know, mm-hmm. so much of uh, their identity comes from basketball that they're really struggling with confidence yeah. and their mental health and all that kind of stuff. So I'm mm-hmm. glad that you're in this position where you have all these other irons in the fire and they're, you know, thriving, which another one I want to mention is you're now executive producing movies. You have your own film production company which has been amazing to see. Like, you know, you have a bunch yeah. of movies coming out in 2022. So you have the Hollywood side of things, the crypto side of things, still working hard in basketball. It's just awesome to see all the different things that you're doing right now. And there is a certain freedom there. Like, you know, I think uh, sometimes we see players uh, have to make decisions based on, you know, the money side of things. Like they think, oh, I could go to the G League and maybe get a spot in an NBA roster, but I can't take that salary. I need to go overseas. 
You know, right. that, I think what you've been able to do, I mean, how nice is that freedom? And I mean, what is it like trying to balance all those things too? But, you know, uh, executive producing, crypto, <laughs> like what, how are you figuring out where to spend your time? Yeah, well, a lot of people should realize, you know, first and foremost, in China, I was, uh, you know, gaining wisdom. You know, they people in the NBA know me. If you knew me then, I was not smart. <laughs> you know, I was, uh, you know, I, I had a good heart, but I honestly had like a sixth, seventh grade reading level in, in the uh, NBA. And that's uh, not okay. So it led to many mental health issues, uh, you know, not having the ability to articulate what I want. Um, and, and, uh, so with, you know, how am I able to balance that? Uh, it's, it's, it's tough for sure, but, uh, it's just figuring out what's your priority. You know, uh, I wrote TV shows and, uh, and, you know, I have like three TV shows coming out, one with, uh, animation, uh, which is, you know, with Jay Focato and, uh, unique sports management, uh, is helping out. They're bringing on athletes and consulting. Uh, which, you know, I know Tobias Harris and, and Kelly Uber is a part of that fund. But Jay Focato is uh, actually the producer of The Simpsons, King of the Hill. So I'm creating a, a feature film and TV show with him. I'm also doing a, um, a, uh, a sports TV show, which should come out in the uh, press sometime next week with uh, TBC and, and um, you know, to shed light on um, <clears throat> the violence. So it's, it's, and, all of the external pressures that come with being a basketball player. Never before in the history of Memphis has there been a, a closer connection between athletes, rappers, and, uh, and I think, you know, social media is causing everyone to somewhat merge. And uh, it's important that, you know, you would never think that, you know, an athlete would need security, you know, and, and he can get in trouble with, you know, different people. So just shedding light on authentic tales that need to be told. And, uh, you know, going from activist to Hollywood is, is a journey in itself because, you know, while I wrote, you know, these TV shows and and films and, you know, it took a little time to get made. uh, I had to join other projects, you know, just play, you know, playing business and also, you know, people that I really like. Um, And, you know, it's important to me that I, not only, you know, help, you know, all people, but, you know, I, I maintain this sense of um, love for my ancestors and what they, you know, went through. So to be able to give back to that cause uh, means a lot. So um, all in all, I, I think, you know, just having a, now that I have a, you know, company with Stoke Film Group and, you know, Ash 11 is, you know, our CEO, he's freaking amazing. I think he's going to be one of the best, uh, filmmakers, you know, one of those Scorsese's when it's all said and done. And now I started the, uh, the Benford sports entertainment company, uh, co-founded that with, uh, Vassal Benford, who's won numerous Grammys and, and, you know, alongside unique sports management, uh, I want to help athletes, uh, that, you know, so they don't end up in my position that, you know, where, you know, you, you, you can't exactly play and you're looking for what to do next as opposed to the opportunity just, you know, being there like it is for, you know, certain people who come from a place of privilege. And you would think that, you know, athletes are privileged, but why do we go broke if we're so privileged? You know, we're in these environments that 
does nothing for us off the court. And, um, and I would like for that to change. And, you know, like, for instance, Rock Nation, um, you know, they help, they help, you know, I don't, no, I'm not going to speak on Rock Nation, but, uh, you know, all in all, it, it just, it feels uh, like I'm headed in a direction where um, it, it just is led by God. And, you know, I'm able to adapt to so many different worlds. I've, you know, let this ego about, you know, being an activist, what does that mean? It doesn't, it's not so much black and white as it is good versus evil. Um, And you lose friends, you know, taking this journey and even family, you know, you lose the world sometimes, you know, I lost, uh, you know, the girl of of my, my dream, the the love of my life, I would say, Uh, not, not the girl of my dreams, but I lost just from, you know, uh, being myself and, and, uh, and it's totally worth it. There's a sense of, uh, sincere salvation and peace of mind and the ability to, um, you know, uh, make things happen at a quick pace. So, uh, you know, there's definitely a, a spirit. I wake up just freaking flabbergasted, so happy about just everything that's happening in the world when, you know, other people bring me down they look at something like, oh, you don't have this, you know? <laughs> and it's like, dude, I have everything. And that's that, that gratitude I'm talking that uh, pushes me to continue to balance all these things. So I'm, I'm not in this alone. There's a spirit that's walking with me. And I'm not just saying I'm not a freaking spiritual guru. Like I, I, I feel it. I know when, you know, like I, I said at the beginning of this interview, I had the rebuttal spirit <laughs> going up from the hood. And now it's the complete opposite where I just, you know, it's all about love and, and great things happen to positive people who are prepared. And, um, you know, now I'll be making, um, hopefully if, you know, well, I will be, uh, I'm already a part of the projects. It's just, you know, a matter of time. Uh, we're making projects that are in the 300 that could gross to 300 to a billion dollars. And yeah, no one will be able to say, oh, you know, he's this or that at that point. And then it's all about just proving it to myself as this kid from the hood that, you know, used to get in the fights all the time. Although my dad would beat the shit out of me. And I think that's also something that helped me a lot. Um, and, and also, you know, the, the career, the NBA thing, you know, I, I just want to um, prove it to myself man, more than anything. So I appreciate those who continue to have faith in me. Last question for you. We had texted a little bit about a Nike project that you're working on. Can you talk about mm-hmm. that a little bit and what that entails? And I know you had talked about like some other athletes getting involved in it too. Can you yeah. kind of speak on that? Yeah, that, that would be the uh, Memphis Sports Entertainment's first project. You know, we're also doing Will Chamberlain's biopic. And uh, this Nike project is about the, uh, the, the founders of uh, that group, Phil Knight, and um, you know, that entire Michael Jordan, Adidas, you know, we have all these care. I mean, Julius Irvin, it's, it's actually, you know, he, he's going to work with us. And, um, you know, we, we're working with unique sports management to uh, help those producers, that team, you know, get that project set, ready and go. So, uh, you know, I think it'll be a, you know, much like the uh, Steve Wozniak with Apple. Yeah. Um, yeah, that, that thing, that was a great story. It blew up. You know, these are stories that need to be told. You know, what, how did Nike come into existence? You know, what were those initial conversations and 
you know, a lot of people hear about, you know, Jordan came and made this happen, but, you know, maybe there's some inter intricacies that, you know, you may not know. And that, and that that's what I'm excited about. And also mostly uh, the ability to, you know, give athletes opportunities that, you know, I didn't have when I came out NBA, you know, I'm, I'm working with the uh, MBPA to, you know, try to provide more, but also to, you know, help, because, uh, uh, you know, we're at, when I came out, you know, it was it wasn't that much. Um, so I'm acting like I'm just 40 years old right now. <laughs> you know, this was I'm talking like three years ago. Like so, things are moving fast, and and um, you know, as athletes, we have to adapt to a new world. And I, I would like to coin this term third generational athlete. So uh, you know, there's just the ability to understand your position in the world. And if you think like an athlete, then you are um, somewhat of a, I don't want to say the word joker, but if you put it in context of, like, you know, king, queen, you know, where does the entertainer line up in the hierarchy of the entire world? But if you switch that perspective and realize that, you know, being an athlete uh, as an entrepreneur, um, you know, and, you know, I'm a mo, I'm a, enterprise and this sports keeps the enterprise going, then that's different. So uh, keeping that in mind is, is very important for athletes moving forward. This new generation, baby, I think everyone should be in line with, you know, uh, entrepreneurship. I'm so excited for you with the movie projects. I think that Nike biopic sounds amazing. When you pitch it to me as like the, Steve, you know, sports Nike version of the Steve Jobs movie, that just sounds awesome. <laughs> Right. Uh, and you know, everything you're doing, the crypto stuff. And then, you know, mm -hmm. still, as you mentioned, you're still young, man. Like you still have, uh, years left in the NBA. I, I do believe that. And Appreciate I'm you. so excited for everything that, you know, you have coming up, man. And it's great to see, uh, everything that you're doing. Keep up the great work, man. Thank you. Thank you. Always appreciate you having me, Alex. Yeah, appreciate you, man. Everyone, make sure you guys follow Jarnell on Twitter, on Instagram, at Jarnell Stokes. Keep an eye out for all of his movies coming out. I, I cannot believe I'm saying that, right? Even a few years ago, that would have sounded crazy. Keep it right, out of movies. I'm so <laughs> proud of you, man. Uh, definitely you. follow him. If you guys want to hear more episodes of this podcast, check us out on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, anywhere you listen. Until next time, thanks for listening. <laughs>